Hi, my name is Allie Williams, and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored, built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I am indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world, but that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're gonna discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to life right up your alley. This is technically our longest episode in the season because it was such a eye-opening and life-giving conversation and I couldn't cut it out. I wanted you to hear this and Danielle O'Day you are going to love her. She is a co-owner of Sweetie's Bake Shop in Scottsdale, Arizona, and she knows a thing or two about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. As a self-taught baker, Danielle, which we call her D, realized her passion for baking and creating delicious treats in the kitchen and soon after opened up her trendy bake shop in the heart of Old Town Scottsdale. Dee chats about how her dad's passing acted as the catalyst for finally chasing her dreams of being a baker and how you can use grief in order to cultivate dreams for the future and how to trust your intuition when pursuing your creativity. Her creative genius is off the charts and she has so much wisdom to share. So get ready to enjoy this. She is such a treat. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Right Up Your Alley podcast. I am Allie, and I am so incredibly excited about today. We have Danielle here from Sweet D's Bake Shop in Scottsdale, Arizona. She is a creative genius that I am weirdly obsessed with, and having her on this podcast, it makes me giddy. I can't wait for you guys to hear all of the crazy, beautiful, wonderful things inside of her head, and mostly just like learn about the gumption that it takes to show up, because she's so incredibly good at that. So with no further ado, Danielle, hello. Oh, hello. I'm so glad you're here. And I just want really to spend the first few minutes getting the background on you and just getting to know you better. You know, it's so easy to be known for the things that you're doing, but like you're so much more than that. So where are you from? What's your backstory? Tell me life before your bake shop. So I am from Cave Creek, Arizona, which is about 30 minutes north of Scottsdale, where the Pride and Joy Sweet Dees is located. And grew up in Cave Creek my whole life, and I'm 24 years old now. 
I started baking probably when I was teenager. But I mean, you know, when you're a teenager going through high school, you want to do a million things. I mean, I wanted to go into writing. I wanted to go into fashion. The last thing I wanted to do that I ever saw myself doing was actually baking, let alone having a bake shop. So I just... I kind of like lived my life and I had amazing parents that basically told me, Hey, you're when I kind of became a teenager and started having really deep interests, they really let me do whatever I wanted to do to see what direction I was good at, what I wanted to do, what I felt passionate about. And I got to try everything. I went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising for a couple summers in a row just to see if I liked it. They were just so supportive in every aspect. And then I worked in restaurants, you know, since I was probably 15 or 16. And that's always been a constant and it's always been fun. But yeah, I just, I taught myself everything. So starting from when I was playing around with cakes, piping buttercream roses in the kitchen one day, teaching myself how to do that and working in restaurants and kind of maneuvering my way through what the industry looked like, I found myself here. <laughs> I started Sweeties out of my house when I was 19. So I would serve tables and then give my tables my business cards. And before I knew it, I just had so many cake orders coming in. And I was able to cater parties and birthdays and events through that. That is so cool. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. That is so cool. And it's it's interesting. I feel like when you say bake shop, I immediately think of like roses and like cookies and, you know, just like cute darling things. But like, it's a grind. That industry- <laughs> oh my gosh is insane and people don't understand that this is a very random fact but i uh worked in a bakery one summer in college and so i was like the cake girl so i made all of our cakes and yeah no not like you very different but i just had no idea you know like reporting there at 4 a.m and you know just like it never gets easy i realize that it's we've been open for almost two years now and 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 3 a.m., it never, ever gets easy. I don't care if you're going to bed at 6 o'clock at night. 4 a.m. is still so hard. When you know that the rest of the world is nestled and cozy and you're going into like work in like hot ovens and like standing above a fryer with donuts, it's like, oh, I just want, I want a couple extra hours. But hey, we double as a coffee shop, so I have my fix of coffee. No kidding. Coffee. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So that's so cool. And to hear to, you know, being able to be a server and like very unapologetically hand out your cards like that, that right there, like shows your gumption and character. I love that. And it's funny. My dad actually taught me that he waited tables for a long time. Actually little tidbit. He started his own landscaping company when he was in his early 20s and he was a waiter while he was trying to get his landscaping company started. So I kind of grew up with that knowledge that what he did was he would sit there and talk to all of his tables because being, I think, a server, I mean, yes, you're selling the food. Yes, you're doing a good job of making sure everybody has a really nice dining experience. But sometimes, if not most of the time, they kind of want to know more about you. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you're serving. What else are you doing in life? Are you going to school? And then the introduction was placed upon me a lot of times, which was nice. I didn't have to full front be like, hi, I'm Danielle. Here is my card. And then I would have a lot of regulars and they would ask to see photos of cakes I did that weekend or whatever it was. But my dad did start his landscaping company by handing out business cards to his tables while he was a server as well. So I kind of got that. I'm like, huh. So cool. And it's like in your blood. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, and he was a phenomenal designer and architect of so many beautiful yards in Cave Creek. So I got the got the creative gene from him for sure. I love that. Dang, that makes so much sense now too. And I think too, you know, starting in the kitchen, I I love like your kitchen, not an industrial kitchen. You know, it's not like cake boss from day one. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot of hours of my mom having an issue with frosting all over the handles of our cabinets in the morning. Cause I would be baking sometimes until one o'clock in the morning if I had an order. And it's just, I mean, there's nothing like stainless steel and having drains in the floors. I talk about little experiences. I would never want to bake out of a home again after being able to enjoy an industrial kitchen. And I don't know why I did it for so long. Absolutely. You don't know what you don't know. That's the good part, right? Exactly. That's true. (laughs) I love that. And I, like I said, I would like bake cakes and I would, it was like a huge kitchen. And so they, we had like these giant buckets of buttercream and I would go home and be, I mean, I would have buttercream all over my entire body. It's like going to the beach and trying to get the sand out, you can't. Yep. It's so real. It's so real. And like, how do you even explain that to someone? Like, please don't touch me. I'm literally so sticky that I want to. I want to scream. I need to, I need to soak myself in a bath for about three hours. Absolutely. That's so funny. Okay. Well, I feel very seen. So thank you for that. Absolutely. The background, that's so cool. Even better than I expected. But I think just beyond that, it's not really something in being a millennial, you know, I guess we're on the cusp of millennial Gen Z. You know, you don't really hear anyone say like, I want my own bake shop. And I, I, you always think, I feel like it was like firefighter, police officer, teacher, (laughs) baker, like it was always on the list, right? When we were like seven. (laughs) In small town place jobs, there was always a baker. You know, he always had a mustache and then the hat. It's true. I I have neither of those. Thank God. (laughs) But I wouldn't judge if you did. I will say that if that ever, if that's a good thing. (laughs) I love that. And so what, like, I guess when you were trying everything, that's just kind of like what you felt most inspired and like called to and just kind of went in that direction naturally, it sounds. Was there ever a turning point when, you know, you were just like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Like, this is it. Yeah. So after having the business out of my house for a couple of years and having that massive restaurant background that I did, I mean, like when I was in that restaurant, I did every position that there was. I managed the floor. I was line cook. I did pastry. I was dishwasher. I was busser. I was hostess. So I really knew the ins and outs of restaurants. Anyway, while I was there, still operating sweeties out of the house, my dad got sick. He got diagnosed with cancer. And uh, I quit my job, stayed home with my mom to take care of him. It was terminal. So he passed... He got diagnosed in March of 2016 and passed that December. And my mom ran the landscaping company with him. So she was kind of at a point in her life where she's kind of like, what now? I've ran that company with him for 25, 30 years, raised you kids. I have a brother that's a year older than me. So we've been through school and everything. Like I skipped kindergarten. So we were both in the same grade. That's awesome. Wow. And she's like, I raised you kids. What do I do now? And I was like, well, you love to cook. You loved running a business. You were a great business partner for my dad. What if we see what a brick and mortar of Sweet Bee's Bake Shop does? And we took a couple years. We planned a lot. We thought a lot. And it just 
made the most sense about like a next chapter in her life and kind of making a career for myself in that as well. So that's kind of how the brick and mortar location got born, that idea. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I know that is, you know, like that's never easy, but that makes so like that is an incredible story to be able to come together with your mother too i bet like being able to create and put energy toward that not only was like healing for you guys but i i am sure that your dad you know watches over and is like that's my girl you know yes, yes. and it's so funny every once in a while they're like cake tins will fly off the shelf that were perfectly stable there is no reason that they should have flew off the shelf, but it was him and it, it, it's very cool. And, and I know he's there all the time, but yeah, my mom and I have such a great relationship that it really just makes it so much fun to be able to see each other every day and go through the obstacles with a person that you can really, really, really trust more than anything is huge when you're trying to run a business. Wow. That is so incredible. And it's true. I, there's nothing, the older we get, we're both young, but you know, the older I get, I learn like what family really means. And yeah. that has to be such an incredible opportunity. I'm sure it's not all peaceful and wonderful and perfect, right? But ask in those times. I mean, those come like maybe once every month, but yes, they're there still. Yes, absolutely. And those those are like the moments we hold on to. So that's really cool that you get to have that in the middle of everything. It's a lifestyle. And she is definitely, I am the like hot mess in the kitchen of just like everything everywhere because that's just how I creatively think and am. And she is very much a like when we're tying bows on packages they are perfect so we're a very good balance as well in the shop we definitely have our own wheelhouses and it's it's very nice to have that person to kind of offset you creatively oh absolutely that's key yeah. <laughs> two creative people in one place to around that kind of thing that's a tornado when i was a kid growing up i used to we had like a home office in the middle of our house and my dad would come home at the end of the day and there would be rolls of plans everywhere and like stencils and and colored pencils and permanent markers and the computer had like a million tabs open. It just looked like a landscaping tornado blew up in the office. And I always thought to myself, how does he let that happen? And then there are a couple of times when I'm in the bakery, like in the middle of a really intricate cake or a theme day that we have, and I look around and I'm like, oh, now I understand. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't really understand what you, your mind, it just works so much faster than your hands can. And it's such a bizarre feeling where it's just like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I want to do that. But why is it my body moving as fast? I completely understand that as like another creative in a different realm, but definitely right. I think there, I don't, have you ever read the book, Big Magic? I have not. It's, well, oh gosh, you would love it. You need to read it. I'll send you it. But and anyone listening, read the book. It's unbelievable by Elizabeth Gilbert. But in it, she actually was talking about someone, I can't remember who, but she was a really amazing writer. And she focused on poetry. And she actually said that once she met the woman, she asked her, like, what is your creative experience like? Like, how do you really like get to these incredible places and write this down? And she explained that she would often like just be, you know, she lived on a farm 
So she would be on the farm just in the middle of day-to-day work. And all of a sudden it would just start like she could feel it coming toward her. And she said that she would run toward her house so that she could like beat the poem going through her and get it on paper. And, and how like sometimes she could miss it, you know? And I think I remember reading that and being like, whoa, one, yeah, I get that in a way. Like if you aren't staying right there with your creativity, it goes away. You need to like hold its hand. Yeah. And, and if you're not, you know, if that's not maybe your processing, like the way you process, then maybe that doesn't make sense to you. Right. Like I I would say a lot of people who look at our messes and are like, excuse me, how it's like, dude, I was keeping up with my process. Yeah, exactly. Funny about creativity. It's like if anybody, I understand that people process differently, but write everything down. I mean, whether it's your need to remember it, that's the best piece of advice I think I would give anybody trying to be creative is just write literally everything down. I mean, the manifestation to it. I remember I started writing a Bakeland Cafe notebook when like just dreaming one day when Mm -hmm. I was 16 or 17, what would be in my cafe. I mean, from menu to the case to what it looked like to coffee drinks, I mean, everything. And probably 80% of what I wrote down back when I was 16 or 17 is Sweet D's Bake Shop. I mean, it is crazy. And I did that almost by accident. I didn't really go back and look much in detail. But once it was open, I looked back when I wrote that down when I was 16. And I'm like, holy crap, that is almost identical. So I just think that there's such a power and weight in writing things down. Absolutely. And just learning how that I feel like so same for me. It's so funny you say that I I hear this a lot more than I ever expected to as well. um, Between a lot of different business owners, just people who are creating. That's like step number one. And it's always usually on accident. There's never, you know, in in high school, in elementary school, whenever when your teacher is like, hey, if you have that thought, write it down. You know, we're much more focused on production elsewhere and solution elsewhere. And so I have my like original book and I like, I get giddy when I go through it because you know yourself so much better than you realize even a decade ago. And those seeds are things that maybe, you know, we ignored or were maybe unaware of, but they were still being sown, you know? Right. And that's an important thing to remember too, that even if you feel kind of down about success of whatever that you have going on in your life, you're still planting those seeds right now. So continuing to plant these positive dreams, happy thoughts towards a positive future is so important to do every day versus being sad that they haven't sprouted yet or you don't see flowers because they are coming. Absolutely. That's so true. And just cultivating your process. We're all different. And so just by creating space, by writing things down, by processing, by being patient and still showing up even when there's no fruit yet, that's when everything changes. You know? It does because your outlook on fruit changes. Like, I, I mean, honestly, it's like you wanted to see this, like to keep going on this metaphor, this like really supple apple hanging from the tree. But sometimes it's just that little blossom that will get you through. And it's like, okay, something is happening here. There is a little bit of life. I'm going to hop onto that and really hold on to that little bit. Absolutely. Yes. Writing this metaphor as hard as possible. A great Absolutely. One. Yeah. And I think the like the joy is in the process. The joy is in the growing. Even when you're in like the valleys of that, maybe we're not like at the tip top and maybe the flower isn't there. Learning how to understand that it's not like 
probably, and I bet you can attest to this, not that I want to assume, but you know, your mornings probably are full of magic before the cases are full in the bake shop. That is such a fun part of the day when it's probably around like 6, 6.30 when it's still so dark outside, but all the donuts have just been fried, the croissants have just been baked, and like the coffee's being brewed. The smells are unreal. And yeah, I, I want every single one of my employees that do work at Sweeties to have a love and a passion because food is alive, especially like when you get into the yeast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like donuts and rising and all that it literally is alive so having just the passion for it and the love put into it just makes everything so much more cozy and tastier and fluffier actually like the dough is literally fluffier and that it's just a very magical time first thing in the morning before we open because you have all the good smells you have everybody ready to start the day there's no bad customer that came in at 11 to complain about something there's no stupid phone call there's no email yet I mean it's just everything is quiet. Anything can happen that day. And I really do love that about mornings. Dang, I love that too. And it's just, it's crazy to me. I always swore that what my grandma made and what my mom made was like, the best food ever, obviously. And to, you know, just get older and go home and, you know, be reintroduced to that. There is a different, I mean, I will stand by this. There is a difference in something that is cooked with love, with like the purpose to be like, eaten, you know, together, like that actually is a difference. And it's palpable, you know, and I mean, you're, you're actually like creating something that people can eat. And that does keep you alive. Maybe, you know, we're in like 2020. It's not the same as it was. A <laughs> but it nourishes you. Absolutely. I mean, even if it is a cinnamon roll and it's not necessarily the most nutritional situation, it could be nourishing your emotions that day. Let's say you're having a really bad day and it's, it's comfortable. It reminds you of something that makes you feel happy or even people meeting up for coffee on a first date or lunch between a mom and a daughter that haven't seen each other all week. There's birthdays, there's weddings. It's so cool being able to be a part of such significant events in people's lives to that first meetup or the weekly coffee or the weekly lunch. Either one, they're always, they're all just as important, but it's very cool to be a part of those too. That is such a cool perspective, honestly. And it brings a whole new meaning. And I think, you know, you, you're incredibly creative. And I said earlier, you know, just the different, you made like a baby Yoda cookie that I was (laughs) geeking about you know I'm in Los Angeles seven hours away and I'm like dude I need I need one of those and so I think you really put like a new meaning you breathe life into something that you know we so often walk right past and don't think of and I think just going off of that like food is an experience yes. and and it's something that we gather around on purpose and so like you then use that truth and like create from that and you know make it like cultural phenomenon almost you know of like (laughs) hey this meme is hot or like you know this is interesting or like hey you know it's harry potter's birthday we're gonna go all in whatever it is how do you do that how do you stay creative and just like is it is it an outlet for you so it's easy or you know do you have a process like tell me the back end of that 
so one thing that I guess it did start when I was in my teens, I would kind of, I would go, I, I really did like novelty things and fun coffee shops, really good food places. And I always wondered why a lot of places didn't do more, if that made sense. Like, I feel like there's so much that you can do. And I don't, even before I really got online and looked through Pinterest and all that, my head was just constantly going around and around with flavors. And I would dream of like really wild flavors. And I would wake up in the middle of the night. I wrote them down, <laughs> made sure to write them down every time. So dreams, actually, I have a lot of different fun dreams. I forgot which one it was. Some of the macaron shapes and flavors, those are in my dreams often, like mm -hmm. the fun taco macarons that we do. It's filled with chocolate buttercream. I was just eating one <laughs> in a dream one night. And I was like, what? Okay, I'll make them. And that's the thing. If I dream it that night, that next day that I wake up, I have to make it. It's like a song that you need to get out of your head and you have to listen to it for it to get out of your head. Uh -huh. That's what I have to do whenever I think of a flavor combination that does not make sense. I have to try it and make it to see if it actually tastes good. And I mean, 99.999% of the time, it's a winner. I had a lot of those dreams more when baking was really just a hobby. Now, since it is a full-time job, you definitely do have to have that process. It is hard. You do have to have a process. And one of them is we're closed on Sundays. So I'll make coffee on a Sunday morning and sit on the couch and and just kind of brainstorm about everything that we have coming up, whether it's Valentine's Day, Christmas, Halloween, a theme day, and just tear up a notebook of anything. And then you go online. So for Disney, like, okay, what new Disney movies have come out? What are my favorite treats from Disneyland? What are some cool rides in Disneyland? And then I just kind of take really monumental things and start figuring out shapes, flavors that coordinate with those shapes. What character would be a good cream puff? What character would be a good macaron? What would be a good cake pop? And so then I put in all of those ideas into the respective pastry categories, and then it just kind of trickles down from there. And then I figure out execution of what intricate chocolate pieces do I need to make? What can I buy online? What chocolate molds are there out there? Like I was thinking it'd be really cool to do Cinderella chocolate slippers for Disneyland day. I love that. Yeah. And I looked online and I, at first it was just going to be a little blue chocolate slipper on top of a cupcake. And then I looked online and I saw pretty much full size like a, a chocolate mold for a high heel. And it was like the size of an actual shoe. And then I got my head going, wow, that would be even cooler to have this like full size Cinderella slipper made from pure chocolate filled with like beautiful things like roses or macarons. So I did those. I ordered it online. I taught myself how to make the shoe out of chocolate. And now we will have a lot of Cinderella slippers on Disneyland day. And that is truly one of the most gratifying parts of having your own business is being able to do stuff like that. Like I could have ordered that chocolate high heel mold and gotten myself into the biggest pickle and just like, I don't know how to do this. I'm just going to put it aside. I'm not going to even worry about it, but I wanted to do it and I figured out how to do it and it worked out. So inspiration comes from everywhere. I'm like, my mouth is open. 
I'm over here just because it's so cool to hear and just like, you know, get a peek into it all. And for those listening, I will definitely be linking in the bio her website and her Instagram. But like these slippers that she's talking about, Cinderella slippers, they're on there and they're like big, beautiful, sparkly, (laughs) edible slippers, you know? And like, there is no, it sounds cool. It's actually cooler in real life. And (laughs) they look so pretty all lined up. It looks like a little shoe store. I can't even freaking out like when you posted I was like shut up you know it's so it's incredible and I think if anyone here like listening has been to Disneyland or Disney World the food is an experience itself 100% and what you do is comparable but it's own you know in so many ways to that and it's so cool it's exciting for a customer because I think whether you own a business or not everything that you're doing you know is really in a way to serve or better a process, which then better a person, right? right? And I think in owning your own business, this is a fun process for you, but like there's flipping delight on the other side of you doing that process and honoring it and showing up in it and like trying and learning new things because you're bringing things to fruition that like bring, you know, stressed out 25 year olds back to the days of loving Winnie the Pooh or Harry Potter, you know? And it's just the little comments that you hear and social media posts. I mean, those never get old. They keep me wanting to outdo myself from the year before or just constantly do better, do more fun theme days or whatever it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so cool. And I I worked for Coca-Cola a few years ago and I will never forget in my training, they were explaining that we do not sell Coca-Cola. We sell happiness. We sell optimism. We sell, you know, sitting at a picnic with your family when you're five or 35, being able to be the kid sipping on Coca-Cola or, you know, the father sipping on Coca-Cola. Like life changes quickly, but like we don't. We're the constant. And I remember sitting there and being like, you guys are evil geniuses. And, you know, like that's, that's nuts also like not evil, you know what I mean? And it's just so cool because you in an essence have that same process. And again, it takes it all back to the human on the other side of the counter who gets to walk away with something that makes their day. Yes. yes. And that's so pure. Like that's, that's what life is about, right? Yeah. It slows you down for a little bit, which is nice. I love that. Ugh, I, I'm like weird. Just like I said earlier, I'm weirdly obsessed. I love it so much. <laughs> what obstacles then? I mean, like it's a magical process. It is exciting. It brings people joy. But like, you know, the back end of everything has complications and, and yeah. you know, hiccups. What obstacles have you overcome to get here that really stand out that you feel like have formed you as a woman and a business owner and just like a human? I'll talk about business obstacles and then I'll talk about personal obstacles. So good. (laughs) Business obstacles. The only thing that I would really go back and change would be having money in the budget for marketing. That was a huge obstacle. That has been a huge obstacle to overcome. While we have an awesome growing Instagram, social media, online presence, there is so many people. There are just so many people that don't know about us. So that that has been a really difficult because our location 
location isn't one that you can just drive by on Scottsdale Road, Main Street, and see it every day. It's kind of a little tucked away. Yeah. Like we're in a saturated market, but people have to know you're there. And that's the beautiful part of the shop is that once people do come, once they do know about us, they're sold. They're coming there a couple times a week at that point. They're getting all their occasion cakes from us or fun cookies, whatever it is that they'd like. But that has definitely been an obstacle is just not enough people. And I was naive in thinking, well, Instagram, I mean, that's where I find everything. But even Mm -hmm. Instagram ads, I mean, there's just so much that I should have put towards getting the name out there, getting the presence out there that we are kind of slowly working on, but we don't have a budget to do that right now. That part's difficult. I want to say just not to interrupt you too, but it's a chicken and an egg game with that, you know? And it's cool because I feel usually you are either like everyone knows and like you can't keep up with demand and you don't have, you know, the solid processes or, you know, anything like that. Or you have, you know, been behind a quote like veil in a way and you have created something absolutely amazing and you've built it and you're waiting for them to come. But that's that fine, that fine balance, that line that so many business owners are walking right now in this digital transition of life, you know? That is very true. When we opened, I was obviously running it out of my house and I've worked in restaurants, but I had never run a restaurant before. I, especially that one, every restaurant is so unique in their own little ways that they need to find themselves just like a human does, I think. They need to figure out where they're going, what direction that they're going, what recipes work, what recipes don't work, what employees are going to kind of stick it out in the long term, which employees are not. So all of those issues really have worked themselves out over the past year and a half that if we did have a massive line out the door at that point, you're right. I I don't know. I mean, would quality have been compromised? I don't know. So everything I feel like does happen for a reason in that sense too, where we really got a lot of time to really just figure it out. And with my mom and I find our footing in what we were supposed to do, how we were going to run the company and all of those aspects. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just in those moments, it's almost, I feel like you almost need a block in order to like recognize the blessing that's there. Yeah. And and it goes both ways. Because I mean, I'm a marketer, right? Like I have like talked about it in the people have come and I'm like, oh no, you know, like, <laughs> hold on. I take it back. I take it back. Like Harry Potter day. I yes. was, uh-oh. <laughs> what, what did I just, cause we were on the news that morning. Yeah. I mean the year before that we probably did, I don't know, maybe 150 covers, like not an insane amount of people, but it was busy for us. Cause that was, we had just opened a month prior to that and it was crazy. There was still a line, which was so cool. And then a year later we're in the bottom of the Camden apartments in old town Scottsdale. So we're inside like an apartment building. The line was all the way down the block, wrapped around the entire apartment building. And I'm like, uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Like, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. Yes. What do you do? <laughs> and it's 110 degrees outside. And Harry Potter fans, they are, they are, they are diehard fans. They really are. It's a real I thought, thing. I thought Daniel Radcliffe was there somewhere. I swear by the way that they were all acting. I'm like, did I hire him and he not show up or something? That's amazing. That's so cool. You can bring him in in a couple years, you know, like one, one step at a time. Maybe he'd be curious just to (laughs) get Emma Watson out there too. Get the whole crew. Yeah, I'll be there for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is seriously, it's so cool, but it's also just a real thing. And again, whether you own a business or not, that's a reality, right? Like, like taking each block with the blessing and trusting that like life is working for you. 
you know, that flowers are soon coming. Yep. Absolutely. But it takes rain for them to bloom. I love that. Me too. Okay. Well, great. So on to the next, you said your life obstacles. Uh, yeah. Life obstacles. My age has not really worked for me that well. Mm -hmm. a business, not from my standpoint, just being received. That has definitely been kind of an obstacle when it comes to that. Cause I'm, I opened the bakery when I was 23. At that point, I was really happy that my mom did it with me because she is older. And for some reason there is an age situation for a lot of people wanting to do business with you. I mean, even if it's another restaurant wanting to sell your desserts for some reason, it's like, I don't really trust anybody that's 23. Like that's too bad. Cause I actually haven't been burned by anything in life yet. And I'm pretty wholesome. Yeah. Wholesome. <laughs> I love that. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I, my dad's death was a huge obstacle in life that reoccurs very, not frequently, but in different aspects. There are a lot of things that happen that I wish that I could ask him about, talk to him about. Grief manifests very interestingly whether it be in your body as a health issue or emotionally, the little triggers in life. So that's definitely an obstacle. And I mean, if you're having a bad day at work or when my dad first got diagnosed, I had pretty much thyroid and adrenal complete failure. Like they just stopped working. So at that point I was 20. Yeah. And I had gone to like every doctor. I didn't even know that that's what was wrong. I just knew that I couldn't really get out of bed. I got to four or five doctors. Nobody knew what was going on. And finally, I found a naturopathic doctor that tested my adrenal and my thyroid. And he's like, how have you been functioning? And I said, I haven't. Yeah, you're like, well, that's so funny you ask. <laughs> yeah, funny you ask. I haven't been able to leave my house. And it produced, a, I mean, it's crazy if you don't have the adrenal function, like up to par. Anxiety is a real bitch. And it's just like, my body didn't know how to process because adrenal is the fight or flight yep. response. And I just panicked. My body did not know how to process anything it just knew to panic. And I'm talking like excitement. I'm panic attack. Um, something bad happens, full panic attack. And that was just such a wild thing to deal with. And then anyway, he helped me out with a lot of like natural remedies and then some medication. But that's still, I mean, that's still an obstacle that presents itself all the time because my body is so quick to, and I think that it's because I'm just so in tune with my body. Like it, my feelings, my physical self, it, it, it's all one for me. So mm -hmm. if the grief, if I feel the grief, I feel the panic. It's just, so that's been a huge obstacle on the personal side of trying to get through all that. Absolutely. But definitely self-care, I realized was really important, especially when you're working 16, 17 hour days. Surrounding yourself with people that really care about you is huge. Community and longevity go hand in hand, 100%. And it's funny because you don't realize how much you need to be doing that self-care and surrounding yourself with people that care about you until something that drastic happens to your health. You're like, okay, clearly something is not working here. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. And I think, you know, self-care is such a buzzword right now. And that's what it is. I love that finally people are starting to talk about the things that should have been talked about a while ago. Yep. And that's the cool part about social media is you can talk about anything. It's so true and bring it to light. And again, we're all learning. I had, it's so funny. I had a very similar experience with my health the year before I left Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And I, what it came down to was, I had, yeah, a lot of trauma that I needed to work through 
And, you know, my process was like push myself. It was like the more I could reject myself in order to receive love, the more I felt seen and worthy. And, you know, that just completely manifested into, like you just said, like, you know, 17, 20 hour days and like no personal space or boundaries and huge issues with my adrenals and thyroid too. And Isn't that crazy? It's like, I didn't even know that I knew that that was a thing, but it was just such a, what? (laughs) Absolutely. I'm old and this is happening to my body? Yep. Absolutely. But it's crazy, again, what you just said, how grief and and trauma can be expressed, like what that looks like. And and they really, they take up space. It's an elephant in the room and right. needs to be addressed. So it's horrible. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Like what an obstacle. I'm sorry you did too. It's, it's not fun. It, it's so scary, especially just being in a place of, I cannot control what's going on with my body. Like I want to leave the house and go for a drive, but I literally can't because of this thing called anxiety mm-hmm. that I've heard a million people talk about. And you always feel, oh my gosh, that sounds like hell. I'm so sorry you're going through that. And then you go through it yourself and you're like, this is worse than hell. I'm literally afraid to function as a human being. This is insane. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it's, it's the freedom, like our, the human experience, we have a right to freedom. We have free will. Yeah. And for that to be taken away, not even, you know, like mentally fully, it's like physically yes. not being able to do at that kind, you know, that age, that's an experience that really puts life in perspective. And the more that I have prioritized my healing, because when it comes down to it, and you are proof of this, when we heal ourselves, we are able to bring the appropriate purpose and joy to others. And and that in a way can help them, right? But I I really think prioritizing that, that flips the script and allowing yourself space to heal is such a game changer. And knowing that it's not a one-time thing, like you don't just you know, take a pill and it's, it's over. Right. It's, that's, it's a that's, lifelong thing. And that's what I appreciated about the doctor that I did end up with. And that's what he said too. He's like, these are absolutely going to help you, but <laughs> you really need to do all of these things for yourself and don't do anything for anybody else, which also taught me to say no. And saying no is so huge. And I learned how to do that before I opened the business, which was great. <laughs> I love being able to say no. And if it's in the greater good for you, yourself. It's, it feels very empowering and realizing that you have that power. You can say no, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. Absolutely. And knowing too, I feel like I know meant guilt for me. I don't know if you felt that. And so it was like, well, if I cannot provide this for them or that, then then they're not going to get it, you know? And it's like, no, you're not that important. Like there are lots of options. There are a lot of humans, you know? Right. Exactly. I love that. That's, that's so cool. And I know again, like healing is a, is a job and like learning our bodies, it, it takes effort and energy, but I don't know about you. I look at that and I, that time of my life and the other times where I have flare ups and I'm like, wow, this is a gift because it has taught me how fragile life is and how much it means. And I know like, you know what? I have stuff to do. (laughs) And so this is a priority. Like I am a priority, you know? 
And you know what? Also on that other front, it's like, yes, seize the day. So make the most of it. All that can also give you so much pressure where I say, you know what? If I don't feel like it today, I'm going to have a calm day. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get 14 hours of sleep. I'm going to eat my favorite dinner and I'm going to try again tomorrow. Yep. I think that there's a lot of pressure put on. I mean, you go on Instagram and you see, what are you doing with your life? Wake up. And I'm like, I am awake. I am just fine. Thank you. But it's like you're taking pause and you're constantly comparing. And we are in a world of constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And wow, their life looks really bright and shiny from the outside. But hey, everyone's going through their own grief, their own obstacle, their own health problem. And sometimes today's just not today. Sometimes today's going to happen tomorrow. Yep. No, that's so good. I absolutely love that. And I didn't expect this conversation to go in that way. (laughs) I'm so glad it did. Everybody is going through their own craziness in their life. It's just so bizarre that we're all just trying to maneuver through what life is and Mm -hmm. how it affects us. And we are the sum of all our our experiences. So you you just don't know who has had crappier ones than some of us, but hey, they're all crappy to some certain extent, but they're all beautiful also. That's the truth. It's the truth. And the crap makes the good way better. Yes. I'm like, you know what? I'll take all that. I will cherish it. If anything, I've realized after a couple of years of having the business or just growing up in general, You realize what's important, what matters, and a crap boat of money is definitely not one of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's definitely one of the things that doesn't matter. Where you live doesn't matter. As long as you just have the little key components that make up your life and what makes you happy, that's what really matters. It is so true. Like, say it louder for the people in the back. (laughs) I wish I could, like, take that, those two sentences and just, like, send them to 23-year-old Allie, 22-year-old Allie. She I know. Really- I want to say that to my little self, too. It's like, it will come. Just be quiet. Just sit with yourself. Figure out what it is that you want out of life, not career and money-wise. I'm talking love. I'm talking what your perfect day is, what vacations you want to go on, what you want to experience in life, what tragedies you want to embrace in life. I mean, there is just so much more to life than, all right, go to high school go to college, find a job, get married, have kids. It's like, where? So it's all so black and white. Where's the gray area at all? Absolutely. I know. I always joke that like, I just operate in the gray area. And like, I mean, so again, what you just said, you know, go to high school, go to college, get engaged, get married, have kids. Like those are beautiful highlights that I have participated in a few of them and plan to participate in the future, but I will get there on my own terms in my own time. And I'm not sorry, you know? Exactly. And if I don't, like if some of those aren't in the cards for me or you, that's okay, you know? Yeah. I love that. Dang, you, <laughs> you're baking up some big old nuggets of goodness. I love it. And I think just going through that, this is a perfect tee up for the question, what does courage mean to you? It's such a big word. It's one of those words that to me have so many different definitions. I was telling you before that my favorite piece of advice from my mom as a kid, cheering for a competition or cheering for a basketball game and you get nervous when I was in like sixth grade or having a dance competition or having a test. Every single time she would give me the same piece of advice and that was feel the fear and do it anyway. And that has definitely been something that has stuck with me. I mean, I almost tell myself like repeat that in my head daily. Mm -hmm. And then it's 
the question after that, what's the worst thing that can happen? Okay, figure out the worst thing that can happen. Get comfortable with that happening. Not expect it to happen. Just get comfortable with the idea that that could possibly happen. And then do everything in your power to not make that happen. And that is kind of, I mean, that is in its essence, sweet bees. I mean, you take a big risk putting not only vulnerable creativity out there for everybody to criticize, but money involved. I mean, investments, everything is such a risk, but without any of the risks, I feel saying there, there is no reward. So what's the, what's the opposite? I go to college for a degree that I probably won't like to sit at a job that I'll probably hate. My mom would not have this second chapter in her life. I don't know. She doesn't even know what she would be doing at this point. Mm-hmm. It just made sense. And don't get me wrong. It scares the shit out of me every single day. That place does. And I love that it scares me because it just keeps pushing you to do better and better and better and to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And because I am self-taught when it comes to pastry and cooking and everything, it is ingrained in my head to every single time I make another cake, every time I make another cookie or macaron, it's going to be better than the last time I made it. That's just how I function. (laughs) I was not taught, this is how you do it. I was taught by saying, hey, you messed up this time. Hey, you messed up this time. Hey, it's kind of perfect, but I still think I can do better. And then that's not being hard on myself. That's just wanting to strive to be really damn good at what I do. Dang. That's freaking awesome. Like that is courage in so many levels, you know? Mm-hmm. From, from my human perspective, right? We all have our own right. our own measures and this and that. But to show up and to strive and to recognize that something very bad could indeed happen with this risk and doing it anyway. That's the essence of what your mom yes. started telling you when you went off to elementary school. That's so <laughs> cool. Because, I mean, you can't be stupid. Like, you can't just have this impenetrable... I mean, you can. You absolutely can have this, like, faith that everything will 100% work out. I don't even want to look at the bad part. I don't even want to... I don't even want to think about it. You can do that for sure. But what if? This is still life. We are still humans. There is terrible shit that happens every single day. So the question is, how do I prevent from that terrible shit happening to me? Mm -hmm. How do I keep myself on the other side while still knowing that it's out there, that it's there. It's not a secret. And I think that looking at that raw truth of that does make it scarier for sure, but it also makes you want to work that much harder to not to not endure anything terrible happening. Yeah, no, it's so true. And and knowing, I think for me on like the flip side, I operate, I mean, your girl just operates on stupid faith and hope. And I, you know, I had to realize that faith is 100% the foundation of what I do. I believe in every ounce of my being that like what I'm supposed to do and you're supposed to do and, you know, she's supposed to do, whoever over there, like it's going to happen. But the hope in that and placing all hope, that's not a good strategy. Right. And but then there is that everything happens for a reason mentality, which I personally love. Me too. Because if that if that tragic thing does actually happen, then it was supposed to, Mm -hmm. which is also a nice it it eases the pain of the tragic thing happening tenfold because it's like, okay, my door closed. Where's my window? There's always a way out of a problem. There's always a way out of anything bad that's going to happen. But it might bring you something brighter. So while knowing what that horrible, ugly thing that can happen hoping that it doesn't, but it still does anyway. 
well, maybe it was supposed to. Yep. Absolutely. And I think too, in that, you know, just like really committing, it's so easy in this world to be flighty. We have so many options and it's so incredibly easy to just like flip from one thing to another, you know, and it's neat to be able to like hold the vision, trust the process, recognize that there will be really deep valleys and really high mountains and that like it is happening for you. And like sometimes that doesn't mean that like a horrible thing has happened and it's just like give up, you know, it happened, it's done. Maybe you just needed that refinement. Maybe you just needed that perspective, you know? And I think in my entrepreneurial journey, in my journey personally, if I had only had my highs and like my like mediums, then I would have nothing to offer anyone, you know? Yeah. And it's just, I completely agree with you on that front. You need to experience what you need to experience if you're going to feel what success feels like. I mean, I, I wanted to experience like the okay, I was naive in thinking that there was going to be a line out the door when we opened, that we needed two more years of capital that we didn't have. That means all of these things that make you appreciate what really matters so much more. And you do, that is so true with having, I mean, your experience of going through something like that or anything tragic or not tragic, just uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You do have a lot to offer. I mean, in more ways than one of, of life advice, of the person that you've become because of those. And even, yeah, just talking about it. Absolutely. Just being a human. It makes you a good human, I feel. Yeah, you have great perspective, 100%. And I think just knowing, and you know this, it's so funny in the beginning of a process, when you write it down, when you visualize what you're doing, where you're going, you know, that line out the door, that wait list that's full, that huge audience just waiting to hear what you have to say, whatever your vision and dream is, it's so easy to think that's instantaneous, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like when that vision does come true, because now you've seen it, you've seen people out the door and around the block. That's actually a real thing. So it's easier to visualize in the morning coffee manifestation I do. Yep. <laughs> meditation just to see that yeah it is it does make it a bit easier it's so cool it's all it's such a breadcrumb trail you know my one of my favorite quotes too that i think i read it on like tumblr one day love love pinterest i know both of those things talk about inspiration i know like one emotionally inspiring you and then the other one like home inspiration cooking inspiration Yep. Um, but the quote said, bad news, everything's temporary. Good news, everything's temporary. Ooh, I love that. And it's it's just kind of like whatever you're going through. Or another one, look at something that you went through that felt like the end of the world. That was probably like two years ago. And you were freaking out, thought this was the end of the world. And then look at back two years later, was that really a big deal? So I look at all those moments and I'm like, huh, no, that didn't affect my life right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a, there's tons of it, of both of those things. And just realizing that truth is, is powerful in itself. And knowing that you can sit with it, like you just said, you can, you know, be busy in it, but most of all, like you're in it. And that's the really cool part. These conversations that I get to have, I feel like we just talk so much about your bakery and we talk, you know, about the process and what is gold is the sentiment that you get to hold as a 24 year old woman. That's crazy you know, and the wisdom that is like pouring out of you, it's cool to see what will happen in 20 more years, you know, like I'm so expectant for you. And you know, I'm really, really blown away by you. Thank you for this conversation. 
I have just like two more questions. We're going long on this one. We're committing. <laughs> we no, are. Absolutely. It's good. And it is just like, it's soul talk, which that's what we need. Yes. yes um, absolutely. But I want to know what advice you have for someone who is craving to create. Again, write everything down. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Another one I really liked was vision boards. I really, I haven't done one in a very long time, but I really, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to like start a recipe blog mm. and I just don't know where to start because there goes the creativity. I have so many ideas. I don't know where to put them all. Oh yeah. Those things really help. Always, whenever there is, as far as creating goes, like James Beard uh, Foundation approached me to do goodie bags for one of their gala events mm. in Phoenix. And they're like, basically, you can put anything inside of a goodie bag. And for somebody that makes so many different items and different flavors, different shapes, I mean, just so many different things. I'm like, what is the best? What the hell do I put in there? And little inner voice told me, go back to where you started and put that in there. And when I, when I started baking, I started baking gluten-free and dairy-free because my mom had an allergy to it. And the first thing I ever really made that I was really stoked about was a gluten-free chocolate chip cupcake. And then when I first started learning how to decorate cakes, I piped roses. So in the goodie bags, I put a gluten-free chocolate chip cupcake with a pink rose piped on top. Wow. And anyway, my piece of advice to that is whenever you feel so like the creative mindset of just like, you need to keep going, you need to keep creating these crazy things. It's also super important to remember where you started, why you started, and what that felt like when you first created that first thing that made you feel proud. So keeping that center and letting every idea kind of rocket off that is a good point. Wow. I just need to like take a moment to this is <laughs> like, I just teared up listening to that because it's so real. And yeah. That's, I just, I mean, I read a lot of things. I talk to a lot of people. That's a beautiful perspective. Thank you. That's definitely, yeah, it, that one has stuck with me since I made that like specific thing. Mm -hmm. And then it was cool because uh, one of the attendees was a chopped judge and <laughs> she came up to me and found me the next day at a different event. And she was basically told me that was the best cupcake she had ever had in her life. And I'm like, well, for somebody whose job is to literally judge people, I appreciate that. <laughs> Wow. Holy crap. Another piece of advice, uh, people who want to create their own dreams, just do it. And that's the hardest part is doing it. You can get so caught up with, well, that's already been done before. Or I don't have time. I have a full-time job. There are so many different little excuses that somebody can make to not just go for their dream. When literally, even if it's an hour a day of writing stuff down or taking that extra step that you didn't the day before, you are literally taking steps towards your dream. That's so good. I feel like, yep, absolutely. Nothing to add. I mean, and that's the thing. You can't fail if you don't do anything. You also can't succeed if you don't do anything. It's so so true. might as well just do it because life is so damn short. If anything, I've learned, like, especially, I mean, my dad was the most lively man that ever lived and he was just so great. I'm like, damn, he was 63. And I'm like, ah, life is so short. It truly is. It truly is. So we got to capitalize as we can, you know? 
Exactly. To show up. Man, I love that. And then I'm actually adding on one last question just because I feel my inner voice is telling me this is a community, Danielle, of like really amazing people. And to be able to see the people who listen and tune in and DM me and email me, they really just believe you know, and, and I just, you're really easy to believe in. And so just with this audience, I would love if you have anything that you want to share about like where you want to go, like what's your dream, you know, and like, how can we support you and just send, you know, words of encouragement or prayers or whatever it is, whatever anyone, you know, feels called to do. Tell us what direction you think you need that in or, or you see yourself going. Um, I had a cafe bakery notebook. I have restaurant notebooks. I have bar notebooks. I have so many different fun concepts and ideas that I would love to have eventually one day. Of course, Sweeties is just kind of the start. I also would love to create that blog and discuss recipes, life, owning a business, all those different little things. So I guess any support on the social media front, I mean, everybody's got social media, would be huge. I wish that we had online shipping so everybody could have Baby Yoda cookies for Valentine's Day or something like that. But yeah. right now, I don't think, I, th- I don't think that Baby Yoda would make it in one piece. The, str- the force would not be with him. In- not yet. <laughs> the force is not with him yet. Um, but yeah, I guess a huge one would be social media. Instagram would be great. And Absolutely. I cannot wait to see where the Sweeties Bake Shop journey takes me. If it's this one location for the next however many years of my life, hell yeah. If it's 25 locations of five different concepts, amazing. When we opened, I signed up for whatever journey this was going to take me on and constantly feeling the fear, constantly feeling the excitement, the joy. I mean, every emotion that can possibly be felt, every every emotion has been felt within these past couple of years. But yeah, I, I can't wait to see where it takes me. I, I can't even fathom what the next like five years will look like. Well, it's going to be really good. I can tell you that. So obvious. Well, we will definitely be supporting you as much as possible virtually when in town. If you're ever in Scottsdale, Arizona. Breakfast uh, is amazing. Yes, absolutely. People rave. Like you have big fans. You really do. I know you know that, but like. Yes, yes, I do know that. And like there is definitely a a, a massive sweet teas community here in Arizona, which is fantastic. And I mean, we have our fans like California and LA where you're at. And I mean, we got New Yorkers that come into town and they're like, this is the coolest thing. And we live in New York where we have cool things on every corner. And this is cooler than that. It truly is. You're just getting started. Your inner voice knows what's up. That's for sure. I love that. Well, everyone just on that note, go follow at Sweet D's Bake Shop, right? Yeah, Sweet D's dot bake shop. Perfect. Yeah, that's key. That is the key part. Yes, it is. Everyone go check her out. I'm going to be blasting all of this. And it's just, it's such a joy to just get to know your heart. So thank you for sharing this and being here, Danielle. Absolutely. It's been amazing to talk with you too. Absolutely. And with that being said, everyone, like I said, go support Danielle. Have a great day. 